still have to keep in the back of mind what is the most why are we doing this development does anyone know dollar dollar bills y'all <laughs> to make money, money. Right. right to well, improve the neighborhood money. guys yeah, right. so it, the neighborhood. it is to improve the neighborhood <laughs> and to improve the neighborhood so to so make what, that bank The video podcast that keeps you in the mix of everything real estate. I'm Noelle Freisen and... And I'm Eric Anderson and welcome to The Remix. And today we're going to talk about how to become an adult in real estate. You're not an adult in real estate. You haven't become that baller real estate person until you do this. What, what is, is it? it? Omar, do you know what it is? I think I do. Okay, well let's introduce our power panel. So, Noelle. Yes, our power panel. Sorry. <laughs> so today we have Omar Sharif. Omar Sharif is our investor. He is our flipper. And he is a newly minted, right? Yep. Developer. Ooh. Ooh. So Omar Sharif is the VP of Alexander Anderson Capital Group. And we will have, and how much you guys want to bet that he's going to walk in in five, four, Three, two, one. And that wasn't planned. <laughs> and we have Nima Ameri. He is our legal eagle. He is the managing partner at a Mary law firm. He knows everything you need to know about legal, which this topic, I'm sure, has a lot to do with legal. It has tons of legal. Yes. All right, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> and he's our rock star deal maker. Awesome. So today, again, Development, development, development. That is where you need to be to become the top of your game in real estate. I've been doing real estate for probably 20 plus years and um, I've always wanted to build something. And I've never done it, I've never been able to do it and um, I'm finally doing it. So um, Omar and I are have partnered up on a development site and we're gonna talk to you today about what it's like to develop, how to get there, um, how exciting it is, how stressful it is, and we're going to teach you today how to become a developer. So, right. Omar, tell us what tell the tell the group what are we actually developing. So we're going to give you that first. So on Main Street Hackensack, prime New location, Jersey. right across from the courthouse, we have a 24 unit residential apartment building going up with retail ground floor. Isn't there like a a a a, a rooftop? A rooftop bar. There's no bar, but amenities, barbecue, fire pit, lounge area. And we should have brought a picture. BYOB. Well, we're gonna put a picture. Can on we the take screen. a vote on my awesome idea about this rooftop? Is it a bar? No, it's a golf simulator. Ah. Uh, we, uh. we can put a golf simulator. We'll yeah. talk about that. Dude, how dope would that be if there's a rooftop golf simulator for you guys to go? It would be amazing. So yeah. Yeah. development is is <laughs> is basically taking something and building something out of nothing. So. We're building this 24-unit apartment building, and we have a piece of dirt that we need to transform into something that makes money. How did you get that piece of dirt? <laughs> Sensitive topic. <laughs> Someone gifted I mean, it to Eric. I, <laughs> I mean, just, just the basic. So the basic. Is actually right. Someone gifted me the vacant dirt. Not in a good way. Not in a good way. So... Um, it's like one of those presents where they again, keep in a bag and leave it on your doorstep yeah, and let yeah, it yeah, yeah. <laughs> So again, being a developer is not easy. And um, be going from a real estate agent or going from an investor um, into the development world, is it's a, it's a very 
uh, difficult bridge to cross. Especially um, if you're residential, because mm-hmm. the experts on this panel. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there's an evolution that needs to take place. Yeah, there is an, evo- there is an evolution. There's a, there's a big evolution. And we're going to talk about that evolution, guys, how you actually go up that scale. Yeah, so the way we started was um, I've always been a Wait, did this investor. become a real thing? What? What? So I've been trolling everyone with the whole evolution thing. Is this now like an actual? No. Well, it's an evolution. <laughs> we have just said, we've, we've made it clear, you are not a goat greatest of all times, right? Until. Glad you clarified that. I was like, <laughs> obviously I'm not a goat. I'm not a cat, bitch. You're, <laughs> you're not a goat until you become a developer in the real estate game. It's like, that is the top. You so are what, the Illuminati. What's the beginning of the evolution? I'm not saying. Residential? No. You mean what kind of animal? <laughs> no. I mean, evolution. So who's in Neanderthal in your series? So I guess the, the starting the starting level Neanderthal would be like a, a basic residential real estate. Oh, agent. my God. You just guys, you know this what? is why Adam didn't come today. This is why Adam didn't show <laughs> up. Basically, you start at the, be- the beginning. You start simple, and you just work your way up. So let me tell you how we're becoming developers. So, again, I've been doing this for 20 years. I have tons of, of investment properties. I've done tons of rehab where you take something and you fix it and you add value. I know Omar has done tons of rehab, done tons of house flipping. So one day, it's a Saturday, I'm sitting there um, bow wow. just relaxing, <laughs> have my whole day plans, and I get a call from the fire department. Are we visualizing this? Saying like, hey. Eric's got blue sunglasses, chest hair out. <laughs> saying, hey, your, your building's on fire. So I'm like, really? So you know you you get nervous, and this was my first fire ever. So um, unfortunately, I've had a couple fires since. Uh, that's why we have shirts that say "Are you a fire starter?" But anyway, we can, did. Can, can we say a true story about this? It's hilarious. So this was before Eric and I were friends, right? I own the building right next door. Oh, you do? Yeah, it was a Saturday, and I was actually working. So I'm like in the cafeteria area, walking around. And I looked to my left, and I'm like, yo, why are there flames coming out of this roof? You never told me the story. <laughs> yeah, I've told you the story. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I watched Eric's building burn. So you watched. You were there. No, hell no. I realized that fire trucks were going to come. I was going to get stuck in my office all Saturday. I bounced. <laughs> hey, <laughs> yeah, dude. poured water on Pre- it From across the street, I start throwing water balloons. Eric, I got you, bro. <laughs> like, so, I'm going to stop this raging inferno your tenant caused. Yeah, so basically the fire started. Uh, it was 2 o'clock on a Saturday. And by Saturday night, there was so much damage to the building that the town made me knock the building down. So this was like five years ago, okay? Um, long, long, long time ago. And I was sitting there and I'm like, what the hell do I do now? So here you go, you have an investment that you're making you know, $100,000 a year on and it goes from $100,000 to nothing. Thank God I had insurance. Well, that's a whole nother story. Um, but had insurance, was able to get through it um, and then move on to now to, to figure out what do I want to do? What's the name of your building? It's called the Phoenix. Get it? As you rise from the ashes. Rise from the ashes. So my wife actually picked that name. Um, So we're really, really excited. So basically, we have this piece of dirt. And you have to really understand when you have a piece of dirt, like, oh, my God, what do I do with this? And Uh it's really overwhelming, uh, especially for me when I've never built anything from from scratch. I've never built anything from the ground up. I mean, I've built a lot of Lego houses, um, but that doesn't really... Equal, equal the same thing. So is a developer being someone who physically builds something? Um, I, I would say, yeah. 
Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Who is the catalyst for something being built? I mean, you don't have to use your hands. You can use right. your mind. You can use your pen. You, you can, can use your money. Je- Jedi Eric. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Eric just visualizes the building going up. But, you know, trying to figure out what to do. So we're going to go over some of the steps that it takes to figure out what to do. So the first thing you do once you have this piece of property is like, oh, my God, what do I do with this? What can I do with this? Right. So there's something called zoning. So every city in the United States has zoning laws or zoning rules that dictate what you can or cannot do with a piece of property. And this goes for if, you know, you inherited a piece of pop property from a yes. dead uncle yes. and it just has nothing there uncle, or it has something you want to yeah, tear it, down. It could even be if you don't have a, a vacant piece of property. If you happen to have a house that's just really old and sitting next to a hospital and all of a sudden you hear in the newspaper, the zoning has changed. Or if you're in a downtown and you think you could do something better than what you have on your property, this is something that you could think of. You could become a developer. So it's it's really trying to figure out what's the highest and best possible use for that piece of property. Mm-hmm. And um, the first thing you need to do is figure out what you want to do with the property or what you think you want to do, right? Um, try to Try not to look at the financial aspect of it yet because you really need to figure out what you can do. Again, highest and best use, and then we'll go to the next phase. So once you figure out the highest and best use in your mind, you have to go to to the zoning book. You have to go to the zoning officer and talk about what is there, what you can do with it, what you can't do with it. And that's where a lawyer would come into play. Okay. So Nima, tell us a little bit about what, how the zoning rules come into play for a piece of property. Okay. So <clears throat> basically, you know, they start with like an R delineation in most places, and then there's numerical numbers that Does R stand for residential? No. Oh. No, no. Okay, so keep on. I'm sorry. It could. A lot of people think it is. How can it be commercial when it starts with residential? I don't know. Because usually would usually be be like a B2 zone or a B zone. And the tax record is R. R. I mean, every town is different. Yeah, that's that's not untrue. Hey, yeah, yeah. But maybe it does. Okay. Maybe it does. Who knows? See? I have no idea what it stands for. Okay. Right. I've never bothered to to even look at it. Okay. Um, you know, some things just are, so you don't really even... Just R-R, right? So what do you do when you're looking at that? How do you know what you can and can't so do? So every town has, like, a master plan, a map, right? And you can get that from the town. You can go to the register. You can go to the tax assessor, and they'll tell you what the sort of master plan or the planner of the town drafted it. What does that mean? That means when they build a town or when they design a town, they think to themselves, well, what do we want this town to look like in 20, 30, 40, 50 years? They say, well, we want a mainstream. We want commercial, but we, we don't want to be too commercial. So we don't, we want the rest to be houses. So these lot and blocks, which that's how you differentiate where your property is, we'll make these zoned for commercial. And only those can have commercial assets on them, whether your property or, or otherwise. Then they're going to say, well, we want the rest of the town to be residential because we want this to be a nice homey area. And they'll be zoned residential. And then they can get zoned residential in different subsections, like one family, multifamily, right? Mm. Some towns say, well, we don't want to have a lot of multifamily. So we're just going to have one family houses here and we're going to zone this area a single family. And then you know they, they draw this master plan out 50 years out for the town. Does that mean that doesn't change? No, it could always change. The town can change your mind. The town can want to have redevelopment zones to develop into something else. But when every town was originally incorporated as it evolved, there is a plan. It's not like arbitrary where they're like, hey, we're going to just put a bunch of houses here and, you know, or I can do this. Like in the middle of a massively residential area, it's very unlikely that you're going to be able to put a strip mall 
right? Mm -hmm. It just doesn't flow. So and in theory, you should always look at zoning before you yeah, yeah. figure out what you're doing. Yeah. Before you tear down well, that. Yeah, <laughs> the building. Yeah. First, you're going to know what you want to do when you're looking for the property. So usually you will look in areas that are already zoned in that. And if you already see a commercial building there, most people make that assumption. But to Eric's point, you should always check because these things can change. Mm -hmm. So that could have previously been zoned commercial and it was grandfathered. And if you tear it down, you may not be able to rebuild in that area. So where you go is you go, you look. And even if you don't know, guys, even if you're novices, there's a ledger, right, on the bottom of the map. That shows you what it is. It'll say for. what it is. And all you have to do is Google it. Now, all most city ordinances are online, right? Yeah. There's a platform that has it. You can look it up and it'll tell you what that means. B2, Eric said, B1, R3, R1, R2. Right? And so, it's different everywhere. Yeah, yeah. So no two towns are the same. So if you're in no. this town, you can't assume that the same Correct. code is the same thing in another town. Every town is totally different. Okay. Yeah, I mean, there's not that many deviations, like no one uses Z or X, right. but for the most part, it's the same. But you have to check each town's code because, okay. and it can mean something different, right? So an R2 could say, okay, well, it means this, but it also includes a little bit of something else. Mm -hmm. So it changes in every town, so you need to look. So now, we've gone to the zoning, we have our property. That zoning piece of paper, is that the Bible or is there flexibility there? No, there's flexibility. So let's assume you want something that's outside of what is in the book. So you can go to a lawyer, right? Not me, um, I don't really do zoning, but you can go to a lawyer and you can apply for a variance, right? So that's something that is different, you ask for, it's uh, an exception. You're applying for like an exception. Like, I want an exception to, be, to the rule. Yeah, yeah. Okay. a variable. Mm -hmm. So basically you're going to say, well, I know the setback is 150 feet or 100 feet. And I know the limitation is this. But here are the reasons why I think that you should give me a limited exception to go outside of that spectrum and build something different. Mm -hmm. And then you would have to pitch to the town why you think that is appropriate and you would have to go to the town. And it's an expensive process. You need architectural drawings, you need engineering reports, they do traffic studies, there's... A, a so before you go to the town, Omar, what do you need to do? Check your um, bank account. We're not that, we're not at the money yet. We're not at the money yet. See if you're rich enough to pay for it. What do you need to do, Omar? Before you go to the city, you have to get plans. Right, how right. do you get plans, what do you do? Tell, tell us about the planning process. Fiverr. So it depends, right? So if it's uh, if you're looking to get a variance, um, I would just take a step back and understand that a variance really doesn't deviate too far from what the city approved already. So if the city says you could only build a single family, you can't get a variance to build a You can't put a strip club there. Why not? Right. Because it's unlikely. Not that unlikely. you can't, okay. but you would that hurdle, that climb would be so extravagant yeah. that you would be a bag of bricks in terms of a Remember, test. remember we've talked about this. There's no rules in commercial. So you can build whatever you can get approved. So okay. get approved. Get, get approved. Yeah. So if you have a so basically you have a zoning board or a planning board, which is a bunch of in theory peers that live in the city that you that you're applying for. What do you mean in theory? Do they have to live there? I get, I think they have to live there. Do um, they? Unless they work for like five different towns. They yeah, have, they're, they're not political appointment yeah. hacks. They are. They are politically appointed. Are they? Yeah. But they're not oh. hacks. No, it, I mean every town is different. So um, <laughs> sometimes Some you have sometimes you have progressive people that could be either younger or older and then sometimes it's the total opposite direction where they're just like this mm -hmm. town is you know we only sell uh, vanilla and chocolate ice cream and you can't do anything else whereas other towns it's like yeah bring in the strawberry and the napoleons and all whatever so literally every town is different it's based on who you have at that board and it's also based on your argument it's based on your relationships it's based on 
who you are in that town, what have you done in that town, who do you know in that town, what lawyer do you hire? Because if you hire a good lawyer... Basically, Eric's telling you it's uh, this systematic democratic process of checks and balances really falls to nepotism in every single, <laughs> every single well category said. that exists, right? Well said. So, well, I mean, it, it, it can't hurt to know people, right? It can't hurt to... No, no, but it shouldn't help that much. I, and Agreed. I'm speaking from just my personal knowledge, right? I'm not saying this is universal. This is not to any specific town. I just feel more often than not, it becomes a game of politics, who you know. Yeah. And, you know, many times I've seen or I've heard that... You know, there are these issues of retribution where, you know, the guy's a mayor's friend who has a property next door to you yeah. and he doesn't want you building it. But we're it. not getting into that today. No, no. So I'm we're just, just going to yeah. talk about how anything is possible. If you're excited about a project and you're excited about trying to do something, go for it, which is what we did. Okay. So while you're doing this, though, just based off of what you guys are saying, while you're looking at this piece of land, you should start networking. You should start going Absolutely. to meetings and yeah. town meetings Doing and stuff like that. Doing cash withdrawals from your bank account. You gotta talk to everybody because not that only- That was a joke, by the way. Not Please only, don't ever do that. That's actually a crime. Do not- Not only is it the, the, the people that are in the position of power, like the mayor and the council and the zoning board or the planning board, but your neighbors also have an impact on mm. what you can and can't do here. Okay. Because if you're trying to build something that the neighbors don't want, Literally, like they can grab their pitchforks and get a gang of people and go to City Hall and protest at the meeting that you're going to have. And that can be very influential as to whether or not you can get approved. Well, it's, it's beyond that. So I, I have an example, right? So I have a client um, who was referred out to another firm because we don't do this stuff. And he had, as of right, um, in Tenafly, a, a, a driveway, right? And two, two plots, one in front of the other. Now, the neighbor, according to him, again, I haven't fact checked any of this, but this is a story I'm told according to him, was good friends with the old mayor. So he, as of right, right, had the ability to build on the second parcel and subdivide. They would reject him, right? And they made up some nonsense about um, it, was an it was unsafe visibility around the turn. Whereas Tenafly has a lot of turns, right? It's nothing any different about this or that, right? It was, it, they, they basically made up a reason why to deny him, and there's a lot of power and authority given to them, and the appellate review to overturn that is difficult. And the crazy part was that it didn't even need a variance from what, I'm, what I understand. It was a as of right, right? Wow. And all of that actually happened. The whole argument happened because the original, I guess, surveyor who were there doing the application screwed up and mismeasured the frontage by like six inches. So as of right is super important. So what as of right does is it allows you to look at a piece of dirt and already in your mind, you know you can do something. So if you have an but as of right, if, you're, if you have a piece of dirt that's in an area that has, as of right, you can build a five-story residential building, you don't need a variance, in theory, to build that. So you know you can go right to the planning board as long as you meet all the other criteria, and you can build a five-story apartment building there. Yeah, the, it literally means what it sounds. It's your right. As of right, you can do that, right? Yeah. Like, there's nothing they can do or say, for the most part, to undo it. And actually, that's... Interesting because we didn't even talk about that earlier, but a lot of developers were parcels that I look at always ask, hey, what's the as of right? Mm -hmm. So if I, I usually if you're advertising a property, you know, the 
broker, if he's knowledgeable, will know as of right, right what a developer can build. They'll say, well, look, as of right, you can have 12 units. And you can find that out by going to that zoning paperwork that we talked about. Correct. Or even calling, picking up the phone and calling the Sometimes building department. The building department will they help. may not be right, by the way, so yeah. always double check. They yes. could be wrong. I'm not a developer, but when I was looking at that home that we were going to put the whole second, mm -hmm. I did. I went to, I took a morning and I went to the, the zoning office and there were two sweet old women in there who like got me a bunch of papers and explained everything and sat me down they were adorable and they were really nice and they explained what i could do what and what i couldn't do that was in <laughs> that was in wyckoff they were wyckoff, so sweet yeah. yeah all right so after you go to zoning right so and then as omar said you get mm -hmm. that architect so what are the things that you do with the architect and how do you get to the next stop so if it's a variance you have to have the architect draw out the plans of what you want to develop well before you, you know so you don't know if it's a variance yet because what are you doing with the architect um, having them draw out your idea of what Research? you want. Your concept. Your concept. Right? Okay, your concept. Your concept. So basically, you as that developer, right, are going to that architect and you're saying, hey, I have this piece of land that's as of right or not as of right, depending on what it is, and you're like, I want to put apartments here. Okay? okay. Mm -hmm. So now, if you're building apartments on the piece of land, right, you still have to keep in the back of mind what is the most, why are we doing this development? Does anyone know? Dollar dollar bills, y'all. <laughs> to make money. Right. right. To improve the neighborhood, money. guys. Right. It is to improve the neighborhood. And to improve the neighborhood. So, to so make what, that bank. So, do you say to your architect, what do you say to your architect? What's the make highest me investment bank. of this? How many apartments can yes. I get on this piece of property? The highest right? investment. And yeah. every town has different rules as to the amount of apartments or what gets to the amount of apartments. So, in some scenarios, it could be based on parking spots. In some mm -hmm. scenarios, it could be based on density. So, each municipality is different. So once you figure out what those rules are, you say to that architect, hey, we need to maximize the amount of parking spaces here because each parking space gives me an apartment. And each apartment gives me more money. More money. <laughs> and the more money or the more cash return, the more uh, revenue we generate through rents, the higher the the value. That's right. Turn so on investment. Going, but we are going to get to Operate. how to get the money to even make this we're all We're going to get to the money, but okay. we're not at the okay. money yet. So, but sure. also, before we get into apartments, if you find a piece of land in a residential area, it's likely it's not going to turn into something besides what's already there. Right? No, no. Unless it's in a redevelopment. Uh, you got a pretty good idea, though. Yeah. I mean, if no, you're in I mean, like a town you're, with all single family there's homes. There's still a reason to, to build because you could then sell that home that you built. Right. So, but what? But so can we, can we talk about how sellers have become assholes? No. <laughs> Your flavor. Um, flavor as in? You're basically saying, so you could tell the flavor of a town. But you know. So meaning if it's a house, if it's a block filled with residential homes and you have an empty lot that burned down, whatever the case might be, you can't assume that you'll get a 10-unit right. building over there. Right. So it just depends. If you're in a downtown area and you know there's other commercial, like Nima said, you could sort of have that assumption that you're going to put commercial there. But if you're in a traditional, like, old town where it's yeah. you know blocks and blocks and blocks of single family homes yeah it's it's highly unlikely you'll get that 10 story unless it's in a redevelopment zone yeah unless it's in a redevelopment or zone or maybe you could get a multifamily home so got, possibly guys re redevelopment zone is a zone that a city has designated themselves through um, you know their special process that this area is in need of redevelopment and you can uh, skip the whole process of variance applications and basically they pause the rules in that area. But one thing that we haven't really talked on or touched on is, you know, valuing the acquisition, right? Valuing the development. Mm. And that's the most important stage because people just see like, oh, I could put 14 apartments here. 
Great, that doesn't mean it's a good investment because if the seller wants to value his building as in it's a 14 apartment pre-approved building, well, you're not getting any room to add that value, right? So before we talked about value add, everyone touched on it. That's get a property, do something to it that gives it more value, like getting a variance, like getting, you know, as as a right approvals, like actual approvals stamped, sealed from the town. That just adds value to your right. property. So there's three stages. You have the property as it sits, land, you have the property on it with a building on it, which can either be through rent process or just through the square footage of that building because of cost of construction. Then you have it with approvals for something greater, right? So those are the three steps. Then you have post-construction after you've built it. Each of those phases has different values. A lot of people today are at stage two, piece of parcel with the building, and then they're pricing it out at stage three. They're saying, well, you can build 14 units. Yeah. Right. Yeah, but sure, you haven't gotten the variance. Yeah, you haven't done that legwork. So don't value it like it's a 14 unit building. Right. So you guys need to be smart enough. And this is like, it's not that easy, like, oh, just develop, just skip to it. No. It's you have to you have to work your way up to understand how you even get there because this is where you lose your shirt. Yeah. You have to understand the cost of construction. You have to understand how much each square foot costs you to build, right? How much your acquisition price is, your teardown price, your cost of rebuilding. And if you add all that up and you don't have a spread, guess what? Guys, you have a 14 unit building and you're $3 million under value yeah. in the hole that and you're happens. screwed. Right? Yeah. That's like a big boy loss. Mm -hmm. You don't walk away from that. It's not a one family flip where you take a fifty hundred thousand dollar loss. Well, that's why being a developer is at the top of the food chain. Yeah. And the bigger you are, that's the harder you fall, guys. You are the predator. <laughs> well, so there's two ways to look at that. So what Neiman's talking about is for an acquisition. Our example today that we're talking about is we already had this property, so it was a little bit different. We had to do something with it. Um, not that we had to, but we already had the property. We had some value there we already had the investment so we needed to turn it into a, a money generating you guys are fortunate right because yeah. yeah. it's prime time in a redevelopment zone on main street mm -hmm. you're unfortunate so guys it's well it's everything has a silver lining so they also so it doesn't doesn't sound great that okay they have an empty parcel here they had a income producing multifamily there that was servicing and making them a profit right that's gone Sure, does the insurance pay for what, a year? Fine. Redevelopment takes time, yes. right? It's not like a house flip where you're in and you're out several 30, 90, six, six months. Several years yeah. later, but there's a lot of factors into the several, several years. But I think where Neem is going with this is the asset that was on the property today maybe would be worth $3 million. The asset that will be on the property in two years is going to be worth $12 million. So that's yeah. where you have that big spread. That's why you're you're a baller investor or a baller um top of the food chain when you become a developer because there's so much more money that you can make. And don't forget the couple million bucks that has to be put into the project to get there though, Yeah. right? It's not, again, it's not like, oh, I'm just gonna build a building, the sure. bank will pay for it. And we're they, gonna cover that in you, a second. You gotta post big boy money yes. to do big boy projects right, and have so reserves. Yeah. So let's now, get back. Can I just yeah. say something? Guys out there, can you guys subscribe? If you're loving this, if you didn't know anything about this and you wanna find out more about this, subscribe YouTube. Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, subscribe, subscribe, say the word. Subscribe. Thank subscribe, you. Subscribe. There we go. I just Thank had to you. put that out there. So we're My back job. in that architect stage. We have that architect. That architect told us what we can build here. We take those plans and we go to zoning. So we get a lawyer. Well, you should talk a little more about the architect phase. Uh, architect phase. Basically, there's two phases of the architect. There's the beginning phase, which is just like 
very superficial. What is the building going to look like visually? What are we putting in the building? How many apartments? How many floors? How many parking spots? Very, very, very basic. So if you're doing a project, let's say, of 30 units, you could probably get that done for $20,000. Okay. Once you move past that, where after you get approvals, then you need to go to the heavy-duty architect phase where they're actually doing your drawings, but we're not going to get there yet. So now we're at the phase. We have everything done. We now are going to go to the town. Sorry, I'm going to be a jerk here. Let's rewind. It's not just the architect doesn't do that. This is where you guys, like, this is, developers are involved in every step, guys. No one yeah. in the developer does your work for you. Mm -hmm. You need to know this stuff. So Eric has to sit down, and the architect says, I can put 30 apartments. What's an apartment? Right, is it a one, one bedroom, one two bedroom? bedroom? Yeah. Two bedroom, three bedroom. They have to go out and they have to analyze the market of uh -huh. what's the highest in demand, what's the spread, what's the rent rule, yes. how many square feet will it take, and what's the return on investment per square foot of the rent based off of units. And the architect is not going to do that. He doesn't know how to do that. Right. He's gonna sit, he sits there with a pencil. And right? you have to make sure that your architect, and I, and I made this mistake, is I put a lot of credence in my architect, and I thought that, that they were going to guide me in the best direction which they did to the best of their abilities, but unfortunately it worked out that it really wasn't where I needed to be. Yeah. Um, so I learned a good lesson there, and I learned that you have to be much more involved, as Nima just said, and you really have to pay attention to what you're building, understand the market like the back of your hands, know what your, your, um, your, your, What's the word I'm looking for? Know what people are looking for or what they need in that area. But then even even with that, I've heard you talk about, like, let's say you're like, okay, I'm going to put in 20, you know, three-bedroom apartments here, and then the town doesn't want three-bedroom apartments because, you know, they... Yes, and that's they all have, part of... That would bring too many kids, and they can't overload your, the school that, system. Yep. And, that's all part of your zoning. So there are some towns that don't want to overload their school system, and they're going to be against certain things. That's all part of the zoning process. You know, our goal today is just to give a quick overview because we we can go into depth on development in so many different areas, and we are going to in, in the future because as we build this project, we're going to share our, our um, experiences with you. So it's super exciting. And as you, you know, check in back to us in the future, you're going to see different phases of our development where we can talk about all the things that are happening. So again, you got your architectures. You have your, your elevations, you have like a visual of what, what the building is. You're going to zoning, okay? The zoning department is going to have to put this in front of a zoning board or a planning board in that city. Each of those boards or one of them is going to then approve or deny what you've accomplished, right? And when you're going in front of this board, it's a board of like 14 people. They're all looking at it. They're all asking you 100 questions. And as Nima mentioned earlier, you're going to have probably a planner. A planner is somebody that plans the city and they're going to look at your project and they're going to see how that impacts the city. You're probably going to have someone to do traffic study or traffic report. That's going to be like, where are the cars coming in and out of onto your property? How many cars are coming out? What time are those cars coming in and out? That's called a traffic study. That board is going to need to see that. Um, Traffic, planning, I think the This thing. is why you have to be at the top of your game for this, because you need to know a little bit of everything. And I'm thinking that as you are a real estate agent and then maybe dabble in investment and start flipping some things and adding value to some things, you're learning little pieces of this until you can actually you project manage this whole thing. Are. This is a, like well beyond, like this is not like, oh, I've done 10 flips, so I'm gonna do a 20 unit development. Like uh -huh, honestly, yeah. you need to, there's yeah. a special type of person it just it's yeah. a reality and like and this really is it can just be a money game it takes a lot of money a lot of financing and you could fumble your way through if you have the money um but if if not 
it's like Nima said, it's it's a lot of everything put together. And don't worry, guys, we are going to get to the money because everyone here loves the money. Or and the money is great. So, so um, we're going to show you, we're going to tell you towards the end as to where the money is and what kind of money you're going to make from doing a project. And like what this. kind of money you need. Like, and where do you get where do you get that money? Yeah, so right. let's fast forward. What happens? We get we go to zoning. They look at you. They talk to you. Your lawyer does a presentation. Okay. You as a developer so are sitting there. as a lawyer, you... Are you the face of it, or are they the face of it? I'm the face of everything. It's there's dual wouldn't faces. You, wouldn't you want this face to be? <laughs> no, you don't want I'm that face. Gonna, but there's dual, there's dual faces. You have the face of the lawyer. The lawyer is really like the salesperson. Okay. He's up there. He or she's up there, and they're convincing the board why this is a great project. They're answering the board's question. But at the same time, that board is looking, and they're like, oh, is that Omar, the developer in the back? They're sizing him up. What does he look like? What has he built before? Is he capable of building this? Is so. he single? <laughs> I, I, I've seen a few. I've, I've never done it, guys. I don't do zoning. Um, but it, it, personal opinion, not fact, just straight opinion, what a theatrical, nonsensical show. Half yeah. this stuff is predetermined before you even show up. Backdoor meeting nonsense. Ooh, right? cynical. It's the reality he's right, of it. Though. Very you know, cynical. Is right. he? But, but so it. if it's an as of right, it's either you, you're going to get it. But it's in, in the case you ask for a variance where all this other stuff comes into play. You got and your accelerator, your lobbyist. Right. You There's so many factors. There's so many factors. And we could talk about it for yeah, hours. But right. again, it's you're the you always want to put your best foot forward in whatever you do. The, the better your reputation, the, the more energy, the more excited, the better your architect, the more creative, the more likely are you are to get a project approved. If you're in a smaller town, then you don't need a lobbyist. It sounds like you just need to take no, someone no, out to dinner. No, this is not universal, guys. These are just like, Nepotism. obviously, this is just a show, right? So right. a lot of it has, a lot of it is, you know, just, uh, you know, get exaggerating points. But um, even on smaller towns, it would be, it would be incorrect to say that, you know, there is not... Is there are not common situations where you know you are stuck playing political games mm -hmm. to get what you want. Yeah, right. That's the unfortunate reality. The system is designed to be fair, to have processes, to go by the rules. Human nature. This is my personal opinion. Human nature, right? Human nature violates that system because of the people's thoughts or desires of being in power. And instead of being neutral and just being <laughs> systematic. Anyway, so you're going to get to zoning. zoning That's really is, deep. All right. It's Zon the reality of it. All right. Like thank, this is like two minutes of fame and then they're going to they're gonna act like they're wielding Thor's right. hammer. So like, once oh, you're you on get, the zoning board. Once you get through zoning. the Board of Education. Once you get through zoning, right, they're going to look at your project. They're going to say, this is amazing. I'm not going to get approved for shit. And they're going to say, we're, we're approving you based on the following conditions. So like they may say you have to put certain light fixtures on the property. They may say you need to put trees on the property, whatever. So based on the master plan, right? Based on their master plan or... Wait, is the master plan the thing that we looked at that was created 50 years ago? It could be. Or if it's by the master development planner. zone, the master it's a new plan. master plan okay. they create. Okay. Don't go there. Okay, got it, got it, got it. <laughs> so, so once you get approved, right? Super exciting. Then what happens next, Omar? Tell us. Once you get approved, you then start the process of getting everything together. Bask in your financial glory. Yeah. Well, right. no, not yet. But um, once you get approval for what you could build on the land, then you start putting together all the pieces you need to Like your team? Your team. So your architect has to finalize. You already have an architect. Well, you got a choice to make. Once you get the approval, you have that choice. Do you bail? And you sell with that value add, which you can, because uh, you have the approval. Yeah. So you could sell it with approval. But so, well, and there's, there's, that's actually somebody. You would go to somebody like Eric, right, who's a seasoned commercial broker, and say, "Hey, what, all, what is the, what is the per unit value 
of a post-approval. So yeah. if he's got the approval mm -hmm. of 30 units, that now has a value, right? Yes. That has a, a higher value than before. Much higher value mm -hmm. than before, right? Because now they're only factoring like, in mm -hmm. cost of construction with acquisition, mm -hmm. yeah. but they know what they can build. So some There's people, no risk. Some people, as Nima said, all they do is go get approvals, and then they don't build because they don't have the, the, the capability the or the money or the... You know what? And there's big money in that. You could double your money. Exactly. And you can make money just by flipping. So it's just like flipping a house. Yeah. It's flipping a property. You're buying a property that has no approval value on it. And then you're t turning that over. You're putting something on it. And now you're selling something with an approval. And you could make a million dollars just by doing that. Yeah. It's it's super, super, super opportunistic. So then why does anyone want to build? I would just go and look for really cheap property more and money then go get approval. there's more money when you build. Right, so we're going to go there. So, because when you build, it's long term. You now own it. You've it's built generational. it. You're going to pay off your debt, but now you own a. You, there's not many income producing multi, not like two, three family, 20, 30 unit buildings. Yeah. Right? That is a cash cow for you forever. That's what mm -hmm. creates institutional wealth. That's a stepping stone into larger projects. And that right? was, that's what makes you an adult in real estate. Yeah, or so, being over the age of 18. There you go. <laughs> so, all right, now you've got that, you've got those approvals. You're trying to figure out keep it or sell it. You decide to keep it, okay? First thing you need to do. Never cheaper to keep her. <laughs> first thing you need to do is find out how much it's going to cost to build, okay? So you need to get a better set of plans, and you need to get a concept of what it's going to cost to build. And how do you do that, Omar? You um, finalize plans with your architect, right? Uh, have them review it, and then find a builder. How do you find the builder is what is asked? Craigslist. Same way you would find, well, no, not Craigslist, for something like this. You would, um, list. It, it depends. So you could ask for referrals. Homer's <laughs> like back pages. <laughs> <laughs> no, so, so, since this is a bigger project, you want someone who's reputable, um, well established, et cetera. So you so, want, but how do you do it? So I would um, tell the people what they want. I would first ask for referrals, first. Exactly. Yeah. From who? From people you know in the business, from other builders nearby. Um, people or, who know people, your architect. Or drive around. Your architect is a great source. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have a I have a question that's sort of on topic, sort of off topic. Why would anyone build one family homes then? Because it doesn't seem like you're gonna sell it, right? So I, I have a plot of land. I build a one family home on there and then I sell it. But what I'm hearing is it makes more sense to sell something that you can well, hold. We, we already have. know that this is a commercial twenty four unit building, so I think we're already in that that's that's totally different than building a one story house okay but both could be built on spec and a lot of times builders do build these bigger units to sell okay um, because they make so much money when they sell it so it's also apples to oranges yeah okay. you're talking about building a one family house like that doesn't take a rocket scientist you pour foundation you just frame right when you're talking about building a commercial building there is substantial thought that has to go into not just the foundation, but the structural integrity of the building. How are you going to build yeah. it? You're talking about you're not you don't have two bathrooms. You have 32 bathrooms. Where do they link into? Yep. Where do they seep out to? Like you are just on such a different level. It's like someone building a Lego set versus someone like building a rocket engine, right? Okay, so what I'm hearing is become the but. top, to become the pinnacle. To become a real developer, you are developing more so commercial. No, you can be a developer and do residential. Doing 40 oh, houses. What, what happens many times is people who do single family homes, they sell and they may do a couple a year and that's their earned income, but they don't have, they don't have continuous cash flow. Mm -hmm. So, so eventually, the yeah. And eventually that, those same investors want to build something that they, they could hold on to. It's a matter of can they get into you it. You men right here are right now at the top. Well, we haven't built yet, but yeah, once it's yet. built, then we'll, we'll consider ourselves at the top. <laughs> <laughs> But then there's always different levels of yeah. top because we've only built 
a 24 unit. There's yeah. people that are building 400 unit buildings. So, you know, it's baby steps, but at least we're in that, You're in that realm, in that realm in the field. of being, mm. in the, being in the top. So once you get your plans done, you're going and you're, you're finding a contractor, right? Contractor, uh, he, he or she is going to help you price out that building. Why you need to do this? Because you need to go and figure out how you're going to pay to build this building. So before you can figure out how to pay for something, you need to know what it costs to build. What's a, we, I think we should, what's, let's touch on what the term is. Putting it out to what? Bid. Right? So why don't we, you know this better because you do this. So before, before there's, there's different stages. And again, everybody can go through it differently. There's probably the right way to do it. And there's probably the backwards way to do it. Because this is our first project, I think we probably did a little bit of stuff backwards and forwards in all different scenarios. Yeah. Um, but you need to, to understand how so what something is going to cost. So part of our experience was um, we were actually building something out of wood, right? Materials matter. So you can build something out of wood, you can build it out of steel, you can build it out of concrete. Depending on what you build it out of depends on what it costs. Also, whatever you're building may have rules from the fire department that say if you're going to build a six-story building, it can only be built out of steel and it can't be built out of wood. Or it can because only it be might burn to the ground and then you're going to have to build the Phoenix, right? Right. You have the <laughs> Phoenix too. So um, it really depends on what you're doing and there's so many factors in that. But once you get that cost basis, then you take that. You already have the, the work you did early on to figure out what your rents are going to be. Okay. So then what, what do you do with your costs and your rents? What do you do next, Omar? Costs and rents. Um, so once you have the costs down, you have to make sure that the rents cover the costs. Okay. And right. more. And I just don't no, no. want it to cover it. I want it to make me Project. rich. So you have to put into what's called a pro forma and make sure that all the rent money coming in matches and it, well, exceeds the cost that you put into the building. So tell us about the pro forma. Uh, pro forma is pretty much a complicated way of saying that the money that comes in versus the money that goes out. Does it produce a profit? Okay. And why do you need this performer? Because a bank is going to, will ask, does this, does this building make a profit or are you losing money every month? And the way they okay. do that is by looking at all the details you have in the performa. So let's talk, what kind of details do you need to have in a performer? High um, level. High level, number one, the construction cost to build the building. Okay. Once it's built, how much money is it bringing in? What are the taxes? What are the expenses? How are you maintaining it? And then what's the mortgage going to cost once you get a loan on it? Okay. And because if the bank puts a mortgage on it, they obviously want to make sure they get paid. Um, and they get paid by making sure that the rent covers the expenses. All right. So you got your rent or any other kind of income? High level. Like, I don't want to go into the nitty gritty. Like, no, you, no, have to have an elevator. <laughs> you have to have an elevator fee. You have to have a fire alarm fee. Yeah. Like, you want to really, if you have to understand what it's like to manage a building. And mm. all of those factors affect yeah. your bottom line. And have levels. And, and have levels. Yeah. And you need to know all of that stuff because the bank is going to grill you and they're going to ask for every minutiae detail, right? Yeah. So let's say we get all those details and we can't cover everything right now, but we get all those details, we put them into our expense side. So we have all the costs to run the building. We have all the rents that we're generating, whether it's residential Correct. apartment rent, whether there's a store there, you may charge a, a fee for, for a storage locker. Um, you also have to figure out utilities, who's paying for the utilities. Are you getting paid and then charging the tenant or is the tenant paying directly? All these things need to be factored in. Do you need to do um, research on other buildings around to find out how much, how, how full they are or not? Well, that's, that's part of your demand. So yeah, you would want to do that. You would have um, done that before. Mm -hmm. In theory, okay. you would have done that earlier because you would know if, if, if you're building a 24 unit single family or single apartment, 
uh, and there's thousands of them that are empty, then, then why are you building it, A? Smart. And then B, if you do go ahead and try to build it, when you go to finance it, the bank is also going to check what the marketability of that is. And if they're like, there's 10 million apartments available, we're not going to going to lend you money on this because the chances are they're not going to make the we're not going to make the money to pay them back. Okay, so I've done all this. I've done the pro forma. I've gone to the zoning people. I've taken the mayor out for dinner. Like I've done everything to get myself to this point. How do I get the money? All right, that's the fun part. Tell us about money, Omar. So tell us about money, Omar. Sure. So th there's two things to cover. Number one, it's um. In order to get into development, it's assuming you have access to some funds to begin with, right? Your personal funds. And then there's a second part, which is what we do at the Capital Group, which is find investors who want to invest in, de in deals similar to this. O-P-M. So. Other people's money, right? Right. Okay. Right. Mm. So initially, <laughs> um, so a lot of these deals require so much funding that if you can do one using your own funds, great. But many times you have to tap into OPM. Mm -hmm. And so what we do is... Um, we reach out to investors who want a good fixed return on their investments and they invest into these projects and that helps us fund the gaps that we have. So if you have money sitting at home and in you're not ready account. to be an investor and you don't want to put it in the bank and you don't want to do something on your own, there's groups that you can, can buy into and you can get money for that and, and make a great return. So you're now going to that stage, you have your pro forma, you have to come up with a down payment. Okay. Every bank has different rules and regulations as to what they're willing to do. You have to make sure you understand what those lenders are because bank A over here, it may do something totally different than bank Z. And if you don't educate yourself, you may be getting the wrong loan. You may get denied for something that you could have gotten somewhere else, or you may not be getting your best opportunity. So you have to shop it around. You have to talk to different people. Now, you're not just shopping your project. What else are you shopping? What else are banks going to look at? Yourself. Yourself. They're going to look at your credit. Oh. Mm -hmm. They're going to look at your experience. They just don't want to see if you're handsome or pretty or good personality. Uh, I mean, you know, I don't think so. But <laughs> we, we call that's abbreviated. It's called KYC. Know it's, your customer. There it is. Know your customer. Why? And they'll want to know everything. So it's a process that banks do. It's called KYC. It's called know your customer. And they will do an in-depth search who you are, what you do in the community, what have you done, mm -hmm. what do you make, and who are you as a person? Because guys, remember, on these projects, it's not like, oh, okay, well, it's not simple math. Like, okay, it's 30 units, it's gonna rent to 1400, blah, 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 blah. So it's easy to lend. It's not a one family house where there's not a lot of room for screw up. Okay, contractor may mess up, look at it fixed. On a project like this, there's so many things that can go wrong. There's such a need for the micromanagement and for the developer to be um, involved on a micro level that they have to know that you are the right type of person to do the project. Because whether, even if all the numbers make sense and you have perfect credit, if you don't have the experience, you don't have the know-how, these projects can go sideways so fast. Mm -hmm. And yeah. when they go sideways, they go sideways so bad that the damage is exponential. For example, huh. there was a project here in Hackensack that I was told about that they built like three inches too far onto the sidewalk, <laughs> right? That was a serious issue. Because there's no other option unless you get some kind of variance, something else, other than tear down your building. And the whole building? The right way, or whatever you need to to be in compliance. Like, there is no, it's not a joke. Like, if you do yeah. something wrong, if the survey is off, if they build them wrong, it's not like, oh, don't worry about it. It's like, mm -hmm. no, you're an inch off. Take off one inch of your building. 
So then you're sitting there like, uh, it's not a haircut. Like, how do you take off one inch of your building? Yeah. So <laughs> your mistakes are expensive mistakes. But yeah. we don't want to scare you yet. Yeah, we do. Okay. We know, we know, we know. So okay, we're, guys, we're this is so easy. Yeah. <laughs> we're at the money stage. So again, you have to make sure when you're going wow. into this and, and if you're going to take on a project where it's a development, you have to look at yourself and say, is someone going to trust me? Do I have what it takes to make this happen? Is a bank going to believe in me? Right, mm -hmm. and if you don't have that down payment, there's ways to get down payments. There's ways to to get equity partners, and we're going to talk about that in a future podcast where we're going to bring someone on who actually is an equity partner and helps people accomplish their dreams of development. You know, Omer and I didn't need an equity partner; we got our own money, or we raised, we made our own money to get to that money back. Okay, but Omer and I are so damn rich. Sometimes <laughs> we don't need to deal with this. Sometimes you need that equity houses. partner, but you still the same yeah. the same questions that a bank is going to ask you that equity partner is always going is yeah. also going to ask you. So you're literally going to have to open up your entire life to this person. And if you have an attitude and you're like, "Well, why do you need this and why do you need that?" I'm not They're going to be like, "I don't need to give you the money." They're, they're going to go right. on to the next person because there's so many customers out there for them. Yeah. Yeah. Right? And for those people who are looking to invest into real estate, this is what a good example of it is because if you if you're looking for passive investments, you're either investing into development or an existing project. And it helps them know who's who's in charge of it, whether you trust them or not, and if they have everything together. And it's not an all or nothing, guys. So you you may not know how to build, you may not be a developer, but you may understand the basic concepts of what we've just talked about. And you know, because we're so good at explaining things, that you can say to yourself, you can find a commercial property, you can say, okay, as of right, it's 13 units, get into contract, and then we wholesale it. You can yeah. then go to a developer, someone else who knows how, and say, listen, I've got this project, I've got it locked up, the numbers make sense, Come on in. I just want a little piece of equity for what I've done, yeah. right? And you can get your foot in there because you set it up and then you hand it off to somebody who can do it. And it doesn't mean that you're missing out, but you've now, you're now beginning your learning process. In fact, sometimes that's yeah. a great way to start. That is, I was about to say that same. It's the best way to start, yeah. I've, oh man, I would have guessed. Nima said something phenomenal. Hold on, I don't know if it's the best. But when you are taking partners on, you have to be careful to make sure you're getting someone at your level. Because if you get someone that's too high, or has too much experience, they can take over. Well, you don't, you don't want at your level because if you're a newbie, you don't want another newbie. You want newbie. someone higher. You want someone higher. Well, true, but, but within, to, to get your foot in the door, you could focus on finding the deal and tying it up and then deciding what you want to do. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't require as much cash or funds as anything else after. True. So. Now, we have a lot of investors who watch us, but we also have a lot of real estate professionals and people who want to become real estate professionals. Why should they know about development? All right, so let's just fast forward to the end of all this, right? So let's say this property cost... Pulls up to the Lambo out front. A million dollars to buy. It's costing... $6 million to build, so that's $7 million. We're gonna throw in another million dollars worth of interest and all this other stuff, right? So, so we're, we're at $8 million. $8 million dollars, okay? Yeah. If the appraisal comes in at $12 million for this final project as an as-built, fully leased, fully rented out building, you now have a difference between $4 million and $8 million. Sorry, $8 million and $12 million is a difference of $4 million. That's $4 million of equity you just made by building that property. Now, so remember, you are now $4 million richer. Well, no, you were more than that. But remember what, what Nima said about um, in the beginning, if you just flip something, right? If you flipped it, maybe you would have made a million dollars. Maybe you would have made 500000 Yeah, you wouldn't have gone through all the risk, but you wouldn't have that huge reward. So the benefit is now you have $4 million in equity. You can go and you can restructure your loan 
which will allow you to take 70% out up of that 12 million, up to 75. So let's yeah. do 75. What's 75% of $12 million? Right at about eight. Eight million. Right about eight. Okay. So remember, you had a $6 million loan, which you just paid off. Okay. And you've already invested two, $2 million. Um, so now you're getting $2 million back. Okay. Are we all that bad at math? I'm it's, just it's waiting. It's more than eight, isn't it? It's nine. It's nine. nine. Okay, nine. Bad I bad said right at about. So. Thank you, Omar. <laughs> So yeah. it's, it's, I was waiting for someone to say something. It's nine million. <laughs> you were doing the math in your head. So you paid I off did your it. loan. It's twelve divided by four. Okay. <laughs> you paid off your loan, right? So which is six million dollars. You had two million that you already invested. Guess what? That's money that you took out of your pocket. You're getting that back. Yes, fact check okay. their math. I'm okay. just saying. Now you're getting <laughs> you're getting an extra million, right? So now you're gonna have three million dollars. In your pocket, three million dollars. So, so in other words, all the money that you and put it's into tax it, free. yeah. So all the money you put into it, you get back mm -hmm. if the numbers work out. Yep. Plus, you get another million on top. Yep. Tax free. Yep. And what else? And you have a building that's not worth twelve million. And you have a building that you still own, mm. and it's, it's still generating money because the bank is only going to lend you a certain amount of money, and the building still has to cash flow. So maybe you're still making one hundred fifty thousand dollars a year by owning that building. Plus, you now just got $3 million, which is tax-free. You don't have to pay any taxes on it at all. And you could go do what with that $3 million? <laughs> Party! Party. Buy $1.2 million. Buy car. more real estate. <laughs> buy another building. Couple watches. Yeah. Do AP. Oh, but you know you guys are addicted to buying more real estate. Now, let's, this take is it, why. let's take it a step further. Let's say you don't want to own the building anymore, right? Let's say you just want to get the heck out, right? You can sell that building, and you've just made... Four million dollars. And what do you do with you, that four million? It was at it was at eight. We put eight into it, and then it was selling for twelve. Yeah. We're gonna get. Um, so you made four. So you just made four million bucks. Okay. But do you Good. pay taxes on that? What do you well, do with you gonna, that? So what do you do you, with that? Well, you could in, you, you could well, invest it. it. You could invest it in another property. There you go. But yeah. if you do sell it, you are gonna pay the taxes. So yeah. I wouldn't sell it. I would keep it. But this is why being an, an adult in the real estate market is through development. So we really love development. Yep. We're super excited to accomplish yep. this. We're almost there. Um, we're breaking ground in, a, in about a month. So we're gonna share all this with you in the future. And um, we look forward to teaching you how to do this and, and getting questions. I just wanna show everyone my t-shirt okay. because it's really cute. It's actually a tank top, everyone. Right? So it's a tank. I'm and the key to I am the key to your new home. So for all of you guys out there. Dude, that that's an old you, looking key. I feel like that would be an antique home. This is it's a nice t-shirt. Go to recareercenter.com, go to our merch store. We have a crap load of different designs on there for you guys to look at. T-shirts, tanks. Do we have any development mugs? We do. We have flipping t-shirts. It says, I'm so strong. It flips I right flip off. Houses, right? We have good ones. So, so check us out for, for future videos on development. We look forward to your comments. We are building this building and we want you to be part of it. So remember if you visualize it, you can build it. Okay, bye guys. Bye bye.